The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And make sure to check our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat all your bets with the entire SGPN crew. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford. I am coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast corner of England. Today is Wednesday, August the 3rd, and we are here to preview a state of 12 MLB games for Thursday, August the 4th. And joining me... Um, probably a sleepy boy because he was still up and doing stuff while I got up this morning, and that's a whole different day away. Uh, Mr. Noah Bennick, Noah, have you where uh, have you come round yet? Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, I took a long, long nap or just fell asleep <laughs> at like six o'clock Eastern time today. Um, and if the listeners, the diehard ones, know that. Or if you're new because of that episode, we did a trade MLB trade deadline special last night where I just kind of uh, went through most of the big trades and briefly ran down a few of the other ones and some of the prospect packages deals. So if uh, your team isn't in the mainstream news for their deal, I gave a little bit of analysis on most, if not every deal that happened during the trade deadline on the last day because there was just so many deals on the one day compared to the first four days leading up to it. So yeah, definitely hit on whatever you're looking for from Tuesday, whether it comes to analysis. And I was also talking about some futures uh, for a couple of teams that I liked. So I gave out a lock on that podcast. Go check it out if you want to get involved in the futures market here. Cause I think there was a little bit of value that the books were sleeping on here at the trade deadline. Um, Malcolm, uh, I know you guys talked about it a little bit on your podcast. Um, was there anything that uh, you know caught your eye that you're really interested in that happened at the trade deadline? Um, well, obviously we, we spoke. Um, we, we went game by game last night, myself and Dylan, uh, and touched on things. And actually, we were recording as the deadline ticked past. Um, it was yeah, 11 was p.m. Great. last night. It was, it was a UK. Idea. It was a UK friendly. Um, time and there was probably about half a dozen or more uh, trades that were made. The Blue Jays made their moves um, right at the line because we were we'd been talking about Johnny uh, Johnny Jinder. It's a little and confusing, be, in my opinion, the moves that they made. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Chicago White Sox was a head scratcher. In fact, it was probably the teams who didn't make any moves that was more yeah. more confusing than the teams that did. Um, yeah. The White Sox being a being a prime example of that. Um, there was one, I'd written an article last week about some prospects and rookies who might get traded. I gave seven out and I actually hit one. I was delighted. Um, the, oh, God. Tucker Davidson was his name, the Atlanta Braves <coughs> pitcher. Yeah. Um, and I put up him as a potential trade candidate and he got moved on to, where did he go? The Angels? Uh, Tucker Davidson went to, yes, the Angels. Uh, what part for that was it yeah he was part of that trade yeah uh, so I hit on one of them which was good um, uh, but yeah so I mean the teams like the White Sox if you woke up a White Sox fan this morning you must just be incredibly underwhelmed um, by a well, By I mean, him. it was 6 p.m., so they didn't really wake up. They they kind of were <laughs> yeah, cold, underwhelmed throughout the rest of the night, went to bed a little grumpy, maybe woke up still grumpy too. And obviously, um, the San Diego Padres, I think, won trade deadline. But can you give us, a, give us a team that you think, apart from the obvious Padres, a team that you think did really well um, at the wire? So... Uh, it's not the lock from the podcast because I don't think it was the team that I think did, I guess, the best. But I will say that um, I was impressed by the Phillies. 
I, I think okay. they addressed a few needs that may uh, that they had a uh, defensive center fielder, a fielder that they needed, a back end bullpen guy that they got in David Robertson. The defensive center fielder was Brandon Marsh, and then uh, Noah Syndergaard's interesting. Um, he's faced all these NL East teams before. He was good during his stint with the Mets, so we'll see how it goes in his second stint in the division with the Phillies. Um, but the interesting fact about it is I think it was addition by subtraction. Um, they got rid of, or they DFA'd, Odubel Herrera and Uris Familia, and they have 11 games remaining against the Washington Nationals. So that's a team to keep your eye on here. No, fair enough. Um, I quite like the uh, Twins, um, who... That might have possibly been the lock. <laughs> okay, I get it. Really, that division, no one else did anything. Nobody. Uh, no, the, nobody. I know the Tigers just kept setting fire to more stuff. Uh, the White Sox did absolutely. They were asleep. They were having a nap. Tony put them all down for a nap. Everyone was having a little sleep. Rick, yeah. yeah, they fell asleep at the game or whatever. Yep. Um, and they had the Tyler Marley, which I think was a great addition. They're going to have a, a real nice rotation next year. And uh, Jorge Lopez, the, the closer carousel was interested as always. Lopez. Jorge. <laughs> Jorge, what are you calling him? Jorge. It's a silent G. <laughs> Ho, Ho, right, so it's a, so I get away with the silent G, but you pull me up on the hard G. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For God's sake. Moonaf's joined us in the chat. Hello, Moonaf. Me and Noah are bickering already. We've only gone seven minutes. Uh, we're having a good bicker, Moonaf. But uh, Dan, 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 Jorge. 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 Yeah, I'm not having it. He's Hoggy, Hoggy Lopez. Anyway, he got his first name tonight, and the the closest was always um, is always an interesting one. We've just yeah. talked. I came home last night uh, this afternoon and tried to look at the the closer situation with, with some of my fantasy teams because I lost Rysel Iglesias, who now will not be oh. a closer, and I think you kind of spend a third or fourth round pick on Iglesias. Um, That's frustrating. So, yeah, Felix Bautista had already gone. Uh, Ryan Gilbert had picked him up in our league. Um, I looked at Ryan Tapera, who's going to be, I think, the man for the Angels. But, I mean, what's he going to get? Four saves between now and yeah. October? <laughs> the... You need a guy, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> they've, got to, they've got to win a game first. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Bautista went. Who else are we talking about? Yeah, obviously Lopez um, picked up his save tonight for the Twins. So, yeah, it's interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what the Tigers against the Tigers oh against the Tigers yeah. yes and just as a little addendum before I carry on uh, that was my lock of tonight oh uh, was the Minnesota Minnesota on the run line um, Minnesota on the run line was my lock I picked Kansas City as my dog um, and that's going to go down and I had loads of other dogs as well I've just got the wrong one I had the Phillies at plus 125, the A1. Uh, Baltimore at, uh, they were about plus 140, I think. Uh, Baltimore have won as well. So I got the right dogs and then put the wrong one on the graphic, but uh, not to worry about it. So yeah, we'll take the winners and I've been been having a decent week on tally side too. My dog got shafted. I I (laughs) knew this kid, Tommy Henry. He's he's a lefty from the University of Michigan. I was like, this kid's wicked. He's going to get to the MLB. I think he's going to be pretty good uh, left-handed starter. He's got a wicked slider. Um, so, yeah, that was my dog because I thought that was a pretty sharp play with a, a rook on the mound and Shane Bieber on the other side. I didn't think that they were scoring four or more runs, so I took the under, and it was plus 120 for the first five, under four. And it was a one nothing game, and Tommy Henry goes into the fifth, and he gives up three, so I pushed. Oh, no. So, tough. But uh, I think – The most frustrating thing, I guess I'll end the talk with this. The most frustrating (laughs) thing, I ranted with it on the podcast. Um, The seventh playoff spot, the American League didn't give a shit about it. Um, You look at the White Sox, they didn't do anything. Uh, They traded away a catcher, like their backup catcher. Um, The Guardians literally didn't do anything. They didn't make a single trade. And the Orioles sold. The whole argument for the seventh wild or seventh playoff spot, third wild card spot, was for yeah. the teams that don't normally make the playoffs to give them a chance to try to rejuvenate their fans. Well, you know that spot was probably meant for the Orioles. Like this is a team that you know your fans were getting back into the game, and it was cool to see Camden filled day after day for July. They were like sixteen and nine in July. 
Um, and they had that crazy 14 game winning streak or something like that. Uh, or was that Seattle? It was one of the two teams, but they, they had a good winning streak in July too. It's just frustrating to see them sell after the whole argument during the off season was it gives more teams chance. No, it was just about the damn money. Yeah. But I think Baltimore know that they're not really in contention this season. And I actually didn't mind their business because what they did was stuck to their guns and they want to be contended in two or three years time. We've known that their rotation um, has got a lot better this year. Dean Kramer, um, me and Dylan talked about this night. John Means coming back, Spencer Watkins. Yeah. And they added some arms uh, to that. J.P. Sears from the Yankees, I think. Did he go to the Orioles? I think they added two young lefties, two 23-year-old no, lefties. J.P. Sears went to Oakland. Ah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Actually, I knew it was one of the dog shit teams. Uh, but yeah, Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore stuck to their guns. And I just, as, as high as they are right now, and I see your point that, that they could have looked at where they are and thought, Let's go for it. I think they stuck I don't to think their they process. Were really go for it. I just why make a move for Jorge Lopez? The, their return for Lopez was uh, because that closer, as close as a ten a penny, closers go for nothing. The yeah, closers only ever keep temporary. Him. Just keep them. Maybe resign him. He went for nothing, like you said. Uh, two rookie ball prospects and two eight ball prospects. It was like a pitiful return for Jorge Lopez. Okay, fair enough. Um, right, we need to handicap these uh, games before <laughs> before the people uh, get sick of listening to us chunter on. Moonaf is just trolling me in the chat at this point. Um, so go and find something to do, Moonaf. I'm sure you've got a uh, whatever. You, I heard Sean and Ryan were talking about Moonaf's secret project on the. I listened to which. NFL team preview did the Minnesota Vikings. I listened to today. Ooh. I've been listening to all of those preseason. Um, the the they're doing an hour or so on all thirty-two teams, and today they were talking about Moonaf secret project. So yeah, so go and get Moonaf, in the love. Moonaf Moonaf's got the NBA gambling podcast. He's going to ditch the MLB gambling podcast for what? What's bigger than this right now? This is the thing. No one knows. He's. Uh, He's, he's back in the lab doing something. He's like the Wizard of Oz. We need to we need to see behind the curtain or see what Moonaf's up to. He works too much. I get MLB and college baseball in the same time period, and I can't handle it. Yeah, <laughs> if I have to do two things in one week, it stresses me out. But Moonaf's built different. He's the there's a reason they call him the machine, and that's because he's not like me and you, Noah. Uh, right, let's handicap some actual baseball. Tomorrow starts with a twelve thirty five. Eastern first pitch, and it is the Milwaukee Brewers at the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is Brandon Woodruff against Zach Thompson. This is a game that I handicapped last night before um, the Brewers. They called an audible and put Freddie Peralta on the mound. Uh, Woodruff is 9-3, and three, has a 355 ERA, has pitched 78 and two-thirds with 101 strikeouts. Uh, Zach Thompson is 3-8, and eight, has a 5.09. ERA has pitched 81 in a third with 55 strikeouts. Uh, Woodruff's going along beautifully. 3-0 uh, and oh in his last five with a 2.10 ERA. He's pitched 22 innings against Pittsburgh so far this season uh, with a 2.86 ERA. He has been noticeably worse on the road, however. Uh, 4.7 on the road. Um, face the Pirates relatively recently on the 9th of July gave up three earned runs. Uh, maybe the Pirates have got enough of a handle on him for him to contribute some runs here. I think uh, Thompson will give up some runs. That's pretty much um, unavoidable. The the, twi- the last five Pittsburgh have faced Woodruff, they got 10 hits off him. I thought that um, both teams could contribute here. I gave this out as over eight uh, yesterday. I saw it as over eight earlier this afternoon. I'm now seeing it as seven and a half. Um, so I'm delighted with that. I think both teams can contribute, and I think this will easily, well, not easily, but it's going to get over seven and a half anyway. Love that. Uh, yeah, I wasn't actually looking towards the total here. I was looking at you know the Brewers and maybe even the run line against the Pirates. You know, uh, Brewers have absolutely had the Pirates uh, number here uh, this season, last season. Uh, for a few seasons now, um, they're 11 and five in their last 16 games against Pittsburgh and um, Milwaukee. They're seven and three right now in the last 10 games. They're, they're going at a good pace right now. Like even if they may not have won the trade deadline, uh, this is still a, a better than average MLB baseball team that should take care of the Pittsburgh Pirates here. So I like them on the run line here in this game. Um, yeah, just with regard to the Brewers, we've already mentioned um, the Minnesota Twins 
uh, once tonight. And while we're on uh, this subject, what do you um, you think the Brewers are still going to hang on to that division? Because I know we we put up St. Louis um, at the start at the All Star break. We talked about uh, some futures, and I think everyone here was on St. Louis. Um, yeah. And I mean, what two games back they are, and I think the cards now they've surely got to go. Uh, got to go odds on. I would have thought. Yeah, and I like the cards moves too. They acquired. Uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, one of them, but the other one was uh, Jordan Montgomery right at the trade deadline mark, like five fifty four. Uh, yeah, weird weird move by the Yankees, but uh, you know, great for the Cardinals because he's going to start playoff games for them. Um, but like you said, we'll try not to focus too much on the deadline here. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the Cardinals are hot on the Brewers' tail. I think they're going to end up winning this division. Yeah, I think that uh, the Twins have certainly put themselves uh, in the box seat uh, in that other central division as well. 345 Eastern first pitch is the LA Dodgers against the San Francisco Giants, which is Clayton Kershaw, left-handed pitcher, taking on Jake Junis uh, for San Francisco. Uh, the Dodgers are prohibitive, minus 202. San Francisco, plus 173. Totally error set at eight. Uh, Kershaw is seven and three, has a 266 ERA. He's pitched 81 and a third with 84 strikeouts. Junis, four and two with a 278 ERA, 58 and a third, 48 strikeouts. Um, Kershaw just ticking boxes up. Uh, 273 in his last five, 253 on the road. However, I think Junis <clears throat> um, can live with him uh, tomorrow. He's. Um, Got a 295 ERA in his last five starts. The totally are set at eight, and I think that's quite high. The Dodgers and the Giants um, have a lot of times over the last couple of seasons played in these really quite classic low-scoring games. And I think we can see another one of these tomorrow, something like a three to two. Um, so the under eight for me, I'm going to take another total, under eight at minus 115. Yeah, that was my whole handicap at the beginning of this series too, is like yeah. the Dodgers were undefeated at Dodger Stadium, the Giants were undefeated at Oracle, and all of the games were close and electric. The first two games of the series, however, have uh, kind of been Dodger runaways. Uh, it was like nine to five and like eight to two in the two games so far in the series. I'm going to stick with my gut, though. I, I see the Giants as a, a plus money uh, dog, uh, home puppy, as Dylan likes to say. It. Yeah. Um, and Junis has been going well, and you know what? This Giants team hits very well against lefties, and they've seen Clayton Kershaw many times over the past few years. So I like the Giants on the money line here. Okay, next, 407 Eastern first pitch, the Oakland Athletics at the LA Angels. Uh, Paul Blackburn will get the start for the Athletics, and Jansen Junk goes for the LA Angels, possibly the best name in MLB at the moment. Oakland are plus 106. The Angels are minus 123. Totally a He's set at eight. Um, I tweeted about this earlier on um, and said it was possible that both teams might lose this game. Um, Noel, how did you handicap it? <laughs> I saw that tweet and it was kind of funny. Uh, you also mentioned that Jansen Junk might have one of the uh, best names in baseball. How about Sky Bolt over there at Oakland? Yeah, beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Kudos to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bolt there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah. Oakland and L.A., uh, both teams, they're struggling mightily right now. Oakland, they've lost six of their last seven. And uh, they're, uh, the L.A. Angels, they're 6-14 and 14 in the last 20 games. So uh, pitching for Oakland, though, is our guy Paul Blackburn. He's 6-6 six and six with a 4.15 ERA, 86 strikeouts, 29 walks, and 106.1 innings pitched. He has a 175 ERA on the road this season. And then, like we mentioned earlier, Jansen Junk, he's 1-0 in one start so far in the MLB. He went five innings, eight punchies, four hits, no runs against the Kansas City Royals. It's the Angels in the Athletics. And with good pitchers on the mound, I kind of like betting the under here. How about you, Malcolm? 100%. Um, I think we keep calling Paul Blackburn our guy. I think ro road Paul Blackburn has to be our guy. Um, rather than home, Paul yeah, Blackburn. I think we, I think we have to separate the two Paul Blackburns. Um, okay. And I quite like Jansen Junk. I've seen a little bit of um, the noise, fantasy noise about him, um, specifically in streaming spots. And this is a great streaming spot. Um, you're a man who always needs help with your fantasy team, Noah. 
Um, stream oh, Jansen Junk tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just trying to offer you some assistance. Stream Jansen Junk tomorrow. Um, yeah, two poor teams, two pitchers who can go okay. And this is going to be my third um, total of the night. And yeah, it's going to be an under um, and quite a convincing one, I think, as well. So yeah, we'll take the under eight, even money, uh, plus 100. Uh, Pitching is the price. strength of my fantasy team. I don't need the stream starters. I need to just find RBIs and home runs. Yeah, so I don't um, pay that much attention to the teams in the bottom third of the of the standings. No, I've got I've got I haven't got that much time on my hands. Uh, four ten Eastern first pitches the Colorado Rockies at the San Diego Padres. Kyle Freeland, the left-hander, will go for the Rockies, and on the hill for the new look San Diego Padres will be Joe Musgrove. Um, they're nearly a three dollar favorite. The Padres minus two ninety seven. <laughs> Colorado plus 247. Totalia is set at seven and a half. Uh, Freeland is six and seven, 463 ERA. He's pitched 114 and two thirds with 82 strikeouts. Musgrove is eight and four with a 265 ERA. He's pitched 115 and a third with 114 strikeouts. Uh, Freeland's struggling. I've been better on the road, and that's kind of what we've been clinging to the last few times that we've handicapped. Freeland, but that's starting to slide now a little bit. Um, 559 ERA in his last five. Um, his last two road starts have been poor as well. That's kind of that regression I was talking about. And he has a 556 ERA against NL West opposition. Um, Musgrove's been kind of vulnerable as well. He's given up, uh, what, 11 runs in his last three starts? Um, a two, a four, and a five. Um, he does have a 225 home ERA. So I kind of think you have to trust him. Um, we'll be interested to see how the new look Padres do line up. I'm guessing Soto will be in the top. We'll be at the top of that lineup. And I think this is a good spot for San Diego. San Diego run line. Although even that's going to be around about minus 150, I think, at these prices. So yeah, not a very fancy price. Maybe a ladder bet. No, one of our ladder bets, we could go minus one and a half. <laughs> Minus two and a half, minus three and a half, something like that. Um, or you just take, maintain a watching brief and see how San Diego come out and and how they perform with the with the new boys, the new bats that they've got in there. Yeah, or you could uh, throw in a nice little uh, juiced up parlay and a couple of two hundred favorites with the uh, Padres because I'm not sure if I see them losing this game, but I think it's going to be very interesting to watch this as the season goes on because you know the rotation. It has a lot of good names. The good names, though, have not been at their best lately. Uh, you talked about Musgrove. Uh, we also know about Manaya and you Darvish is kind of hit or miss. Um, there's one more, I think, that I'm missing in there, too. That's kind of like... Snell. Yeah, Snell. There you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fact that I mentioned his name and you kind of laugh, that pretty much sums it up, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like... It's going to be weird because I think, of course, they're dominating the headlines right now. But, like, we could get some value on, like, first fives on the other team. I, I really do think so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, again, the trend is with the Padres is when they win their games, they win it by two or more runs. So, uh, run line's going to be favorable for the Padres <laughs> down the stretch. But, you know, if uh, those aren't juicy enough, try first fives on the other teams. Okay, uh, little Rockies lean for Noah. I don't mind that over, actually, seven and a half. I think we could possibly get there. Uh, one of several ways, either the Padres could light it up. Or, also, I uh, think it's an interesting matchup. The Padres did everything with AJ Preller at the trade deadline. The Rockies didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, next up, <coughs> 7.05 Eastern first pitch is the Washington Nationals at the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh Paolo, is that right? It is yeah. Paolo, Paolo Espino. I'm very conscious now of these Hispanic names after you've already roasted me once tonight. Uh, Paolo Espino uh, will go for the Washington Nationals and Noah Syndergaard, not quite so, uh, hot with me Scandinavian names either, um, will go for the Philadelphia Phillies on debut there. Uh, Washington are a shade over 2-1, to one, plus 2.05. The Phillies are minus 2.43. Totally error set at 8.5. Um, we'll let you take this one away, Noah. So, instantly here, 
I mean, this whole Thursday slate, it's kind of a travel day for most of these teams. The yeah. Nationals, they're coming from Washington to Philadelphia, not too bad. And uh, Philadelphia going from Atlanta back to Philly. Uh, on the bumps for both teams, like you mentioned, Paulo Espino. Uh, I'm surprised that you don't, like, kind of have those down because you're playing with some Dominicans over there. And that's kind of like when I where I picked up some of the pronunciations of the names is playing with all the Hispanics that I did in college. Yeah, but the, uh, the the mix of the Dominican accent and the Newcastle accent is a real, real good hybrid. Uh, it's a real, um, what's the word of, what's um, a bit of a mongrel accent. Uh, so, so, yeah, certainly not a, a thoroughbred accent, but yeah, it's good. So, yeah, uh, Espino, he's 0-3, 378 ERA this year, 50 strikeouts, 13 walks, and 66.2 innings pitched. He is a 587 ERA in the month of July. So not pitching well as of late. Um, and then we'll have our first sighting of Thor in Philly, like you mentioned. In 2022, Noah Syndergaard is 5-8 and eight with the Angels. 383 ERA, 64 strikeouts, 22 walks, and 80 innings pitched away from Angel Stadium. He has a 5.45 ERA, so I'm kind of leading towards the over here with Espino not in good form lately, and then uh, Syndergaard not really pitching well again away from home. Uh, now he has a new home, and this is not uh, uh, what am I looking for? <laughs> um, not a very pitcher friendly. Yeah. Part. So I kind of like the over here, Malcolm. How about you? Uh, 100% agree with you. I've got the over written down here. I had it written down at eight earlier on. Moved to eight and a half as well. The spies yeah. have been out. Um, yeah, this is... The spies Cinder- have been out. The spies have been out. They've been looking at my pink <laughs> notepad. Um, Syndergaard's just possibly... Just not nervous. I don't know. Just maybe he's shaky. A shaky first start at home. Um, and Despino's going to give you four or five runs towards that total anyway. And I think uh, Syndergaard's been relatively short as well. Um, hasn't got out the fifth inning many times this season. So I think we could see a relatively short start from Syndergaard as well as they ease him in. Uh, Washington were relatively feisty last night. They turned over Jacob de Grum and the New York Mets put up five runs. So maybe some of their bats are thinking, right, OK, um, they've sold all our players. Let's uh, have a little have a little flex and see what we can put up here. So... Um, yeah, the, the eight and a half looks okay to me, and I agree with you completely uh, that we can take the over in that one. Do you see the uh, home run that <clears throat> Manessas hit? He has had like a 10 year no. journeyman career and overseas and then the minor leagues, and his like first or second at bat of that game hit a home run. That's pretty cool. I saw his name come up this morning when I was uh, checking box scores and highlights and stuff like that. But yeah, I must admit, it didn't register much at the time and I just glossed over it. I'll, uh, I'll revisit that when we get done here. No. Cool story. 7-10 Eastern first pitch is the New York Mets um, are at home to the Atlanta Braves. The Braves will have Kyle Wright on the mound. Um, Carlos Carrasco goes for the New York Mets. Uh, close this one this was near to a pick him earlier on game of uh, the day the line, yeah absolutely I think uh, probably and we'll talk about this in a moment the the Braves are plus 103 the Mets are minus 122 so a little bit of money's coming on the Mets here the total is set at 8 Kyle Wright is 13 and 4 there's a 293 ERA with 122 and 2 thirds pitched and 120 strikeouts Carrasco is 11 and 4, a 379 ERA with 111 and two thirds pitched and 108 strikeouts. Um, Kyle Wright's been flames, um, 4 and 0 in his last five starts, a 264 ERA. He's 5 and 2 against the NL East with a 236 ERA. That's a decent sample size as well, as you'd expect in division. Uh, 45 and two third innings he's pitched there for those numbers. Uh, Carrasco. Similar, if not a little bit better, the last five three and zero with a zero point nine ERA hasn't given up an earned run in his last three starts. Carrasco, really tight game this one, really tight series. They play five games. Um, there's a double header on Saturday, uh, and they play Thursday, Friday, Sunday too. Um, the Braves are currently is it three or three and a half back? I think. Uh, just trying to have a quick look at that. Not that's hugely important. Uh, they are three games back. <laughs> but the Braves... either way, in the series, they have a chance to catch them here. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this is a really tight one. And I'll tell you, um, 
the importance of this and added importance here is the team that gets touched off in this division and finishes second are likely to have a wild card game against the San Diego Padres coming up. And I think at this Very point, true. no nobody wants that to happen. So uh, this is a huge series. My reading of the game was, I was trying to find something to separate them. And all I had really was home advantage. Um, Carrasco's recent form, which has been outstanding, and home advantage. At the time, the Mets were minus 105. The minus 122 a little. Uh, so that's changed a little bit, which takes the edge off. Uh, but I'll stick with my handicap and I'll take the Mets. I still prefer the Mets as a team overall. I'll take the Mets uh, on the money line at minus 122, Noah. Yeah, it's a very, very intriguing game of the day. Um, I think I'm kind of with you here. Like I, I, I do it for the show just to have a little bit of banter with uh, Dylan, but you know, this Mets team is very intriguing and I'm a pitcher. I, I love that starting rotation. Um, I think the the player group that the Braves have is better than the Mets. I'll say that. Um, but I kind of like the, the Mets down the road a little bit more than the Braves. It's tough to say right now because <laughs> both of them seem pretty neck and neck. But um, for this game in general, though, I'm a huge, huge fan of Kyle Wright, um, Vandy boy. And it's tough with the offenses, too. I, I probably won't have a play today, but my lean is kind of going to be on the under here. Okay. Yeah, um, I was on with Dylan last night, and he was a little bit underwhelmed by the business that the Mets had done. He spent the last week, every player that we named, he was waving his arms around and pointing, yep. at, pointing at his Mets jersey as if they were going to hoover up all the good players. Yeah. And actually, well, they didn't They didn't do much at all, did they? You know, they, they did acquire this like relatively unknown prospect. He can have the ability to hit triple digits. His name, I believe, is like Jacob DeGrom. So oh, yes, he, yeah. He I should do all right in that starting rotation there and help the team out in the long run. But yeah, they did great at the trade deadline, I think. Um, uh, the big man, Daniel Vogel, back at a grand slam tonight. Uh, I noticed, so he's off the mark. Yeah, so interesting series, this one. And we might know a little bit more about the destination uh, if I, that pennant comes Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think it's awesome. They acquired two thick boys that are going to th- uh, platoon on the bench and Vogelbach and Darren Ruff. And you got a big, thick left-hander and a big, thick right-hander. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Darren Ruff was an odd pickup, I think, especially with J.D. Davis. I really like J.D. Davis. But, uh, like I say, we, we're going to get carried away talking trades. Um, all of these lines, the place to find them is uh, at WinBet, which is the title sponsor on the MLD Gambling Podcast. Um, it's a perfect time to get over there. New customers who bet $100 will get a $100 free bet. Um, reduced juice is in play on baseball as well, uh, making WinBet the best place to bet MLB. The WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day and you will get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000 over there. There is loads to choose from. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so that they know we sent you sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you are someone who knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to get in the Discord server. Uh, all the sharp minds and all the funny guys are in there. Uh, loads of chat. It was Flames last night um, in there with the uh, all the trade chat. And there's uh, normally loads of stuff to sweat um, and chat about in there. So, yeah, the, the SGP and Discord server is very much the place to be. 7-10 Eastern first pitches, the Houston Astros at the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Justin Verlander, your guy, Justin Verlander, uh, will go for the Houston Astros. And Zach Plezak is on the hill for the Guardians. Uh, Houston are just about 2-1 to one on, minus 197. Cleveland are... Plus 168, totally is set at seven and a half. Um, and I'll throw this across to you, Noah, as JV is your betting rule number one, I believe. Yeah. Uh, travel day for the Astros coming up here 
to Cleveland from Houston. Uh, no trends today, but like you mentioned, uh, my number one MLB betting commandment is just don't <laughs> fade Justin Verlander. So uh, he's 14 and three on the year. He's 181 ERA, 122 strikeouts, 22 walks, and 124 innings pitched. We said it uh, kind of at the MLB All Star break. He was not the betting favorite. It was Shane McClanahan for the AL Cy Young. But right now it looks like he is starting to pull away with the AL Cy Young. He had a 0.99 ERA in the month of July. And on the season, he has a 172 ERA on the road. Um, Very good numbers against Cleveland as well. Cleveland, they're throwing Zach Plesak. He's 2-9 and nine this year with a 433 ERA, 79 strikeouts, 28 walks, and 104 innings pitched. Plesak has a 310 home ERA, but he had a 590 July ERA. So I like the Astros to win this game, and I'll take him on the run line for it too. I don't mind Plesak, but um, I know what you mean about the, the more recent numbers. Um, I trust him a little bit more at home. I've been following Houston unders recently. Yeah. Um, they've gone okay. They had a low-scoring series with Oakland. They played a two-to-one game uh, that Munaf was present at last night against the Boston Red Sox. Um, they was it six to one tonight, so that'll have gone under as well. So yeah, I'll, I'll take the under again. It's it's a little bit too low, seven and a half. I would have preferred an eight. Um, but hopefully, Zach, please, I can keep this relatively tight. And Houston might hold them off something like four to two. Or something like that. So we'll take the minus seven and a half for me. Um at minus one oh five. Is my microphone picking up background noises right now? Not for me. Sure. Why? What's going on? I am wearing noise or sound canceling headphones and it is pouring rain. Oh, here. okay. So I was just wondering if I should be muting while you're speaking. I cannot hear the pouring rain, Noah. Great. Okay, um, seven ten Eastern first pitch is the Tampa Bay Rays at the Detroit Tigers. Jeffrey Springs, left-handed pitcher, on the hill for the Tampa Bay Rays, and Drew Hutchison goes for your Detroit Tigers. Um, the lines here: Tampa Bay minus one seventy-seven, Detroit at plus one fifty-one, with a total set at eight. Uh, Jeffrey Springs is three and three. 270 ERA has pitched 73 and one third with 77 Ks. Hutchison one and four, 453 ERA, 49 and two third pitched and 32 Ks. Springs is regressing uh, quite quickly as well. Um, starts are getting shorter. He's given up runs, and this was kind of unavoidable. I think he went okay early on in the season. He had that look of. Um, one of these Tampa Bay pitches that they just finagle something out of. And that's on the side a little bit for me. Hutchison, um, he's got a few better starts recently to his name, including his last one against the Toronto Blue Jays. It was quite an ugly matchup, this. I was struggling to to get an angle in. The the main angle I'm going to make my pick on is the one about fading springs. Um, I'm still not really in on this Tampa Bay lineup. They didn't do much uh, at the trade deadline. So I'm going to take a little punt here. Uh, Noah, you like this. Detroit on the money line, plus 151. Um, sure. Uh, why not? I, <laughs> sure. Overwhelming I, support there from Noah. I, yeah, I don't really know how to bet this game because I'm not a fan of either pitcher, really. Uh, That's what I meant when I said it was an ugly matchup and I was looking yeah. for an angle in. I just didn't know where to go with it. Nothing presented itself that straightforward to you. Because when you look at the two pitchers here and you go, oh, it's Hutchison and Springs, they're bound to give up runs. But then you look at the two offenses and... Yeah, yeah, who's going to get them? Yeah, who's scoring the runs? So really, I don't know who or uh, what team I'm going to bet on, but I should say I kind of have an idea of who I'd like to bet on. Uh, He has not really (laughs) done much lately, but... It is pouring rain right now in Detroit, and it would just make perfect sense if during the series, Isak Paredes goes out and hits a couple of home runs. Okay. He hasn't done much lately, but just to shove it right in our face. I don't know if you guys saw the highlight clip that he had back in like June uh, where like one of the guys in the dugout said, like, how stupid are the Detroit Tigers? <laughs> Did you hear that? You see I that didn't video? say it. No, I love it, though. <laughs> 
I'll track that down. Yeah, uh, so you're... he hits a home run, comes back in the dugout. He's got like ten bombs on the year. Just, uh, just my my prop would be just like a, a hits or a total bases on Isak Paredes. It's just meant to be. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so purely uh, pure <laughs> spite pick there for Noah. Uh, Seven forty. It's an emotional pitch. It's an emotional pick. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays at the Minnesota Twins. Alec Manoa. Uh, for Toronto and Sonny Gray towards the start for the Twins. Uh, relatively close on the lines. Toronto minus 125. The home puppy are the Minnesota Twins at plus 106. Totally a set at seven and a half. Um, and this one is coming back to you, Noah. Yeah, I think this one probably was the runner up for the game of the day. I really like yeah. pitching. Agreed. Travel day for the Blue Jays. They're going back. To, they're going up to Minnesota from Tampa Bay. Uh, pitching for Toronto is Alec Manoa, who in his last start took a ball that was absolutely blistered off the bat to his right forearm. Seems to be okay. He's 11 and 5 on the year, 243 ERA, 114 strikeouts, 26 walks, and 116 innings pitched. Actually, I think that's 126 innings pitched. He is a 238 ERA on the road, so going very, very well. In Minnesota, Sonny Gray, another one of those Vandy boys that I uh, grew up watching in college. Uh, 341 ERA, and the 69 strikeouts, 19 walks, 74 innings pitched. He's only given up two runs in his last two starts against the Tigers and the Padres. I really like the moves that Minnesota made at the deadline here to bolster their bullpen. I like the unders again, um, so give me... Uh, the under in this game, and I like the Twins to win this one as a dog. Uh, Noah, you read my mind. I've got the Minnesota Twins here. I had them written down at plus 105, um, which is pretty much where they are still now. Um, yeah, they, they did do good business. I mean, Noah, his numbers have been okay. I, it just hasn't really convinced me um, in a couple of his last starts. He gave up those four earned runs against the Tigers. He's got a four earned run start against the Athletics. Uh, going back to the start of July. So, um, yeah, a little bit of contact as well, actually, uh, from Manoa. He's been giving up some some hits and a four-walk appearance at Seattle. A tight one, really tight one. But this the, the Blue Jays lineup still just not convincing me at all. I think George Springer's gone here while I think, recently. So Minnesota at home, um, with a little bit of momentum from some of the some of the moves that they made, bit of feel good factor. I'll take the home puppy all day here. Uh, give me the twins at plus one oh six. Uh, IP Vanish are the official VPN of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy, but IP Vanish will by encrypting one hundred percent of your data. So things like private details, passwords, communications, browsing history. Uh, even your physical location will all be hidden. Uh, you can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices, including your Fire Stick, when you're streaming stuff. And IP Vanish are offering seventy uh, percent of the yearly plan for listeners of the MLB Gambling Podcast with a thirty-day money-back guarantee, the equivalent of getting nine months for free. Uh, really easy to use. Uh, tap of a button, and you are in business. Stop sharing with the world everything that you stream search for and buy go to ipvanish.com use that promo code sgp to claim 70 percent savings ipvanish.com slash sgp 745 eastern first pitch the chicago cubs at the st louis cardinals is marcus stroman and it's going to be jose quintana on debut for the st louis cardinals uh, the cubs are plus 128 the cards minus 149 totally is set at eight uh, Noah, uh, Quintana on debut. What you expected? Uh, my first thing was instant reaction. I was like, the Cardinals and the Pirates made a deal. That's that's hmm. something. Um, going in division. Uh, more and more of that is actually happening nowadays. It's like it doesn't matter anymore. So uh, interesting stuff. The Cardinals, they are 12-6 uh, and six in their last 18 games against the Cubs. That was the one thing that I pulled out here as a trend for this matchup. Uh, Marcus Stroman, he's 3-5 and five this year, 
but he has a 399 ERA, 62 strikeouts, only 18 walks, and 67.2 innings pitched. Stroh has a 0.9 ERA in his last four starts. Uh, so he's going very well right now. And Jose Katana, he's 3-5, 332 ERA, 89 strikeouts, 31 walks, and 103 innings pitched this year. But away from PNC Park, this is what nerves me a little bit. Because I like the St. Louis Cardinals, and I think this was a great pickup. He's got a 538 ERA away from PNC. So I don't know how well Quintana is going to go here in this spot, but I still like the Cardinals to win this game enough. So that's going to be my play. Not sure if I'm comfortable with the run line, but um, just a pick for me, and it's the Cardinals to win. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with this. I've been far too high on the Cubs lately. I've picked them <laughs> about seven nights in a row and Guess what? No, I've got Chicago Cubs plus 135 written down uh, on my notes tonight. Strowman's been great. In, yes. Uh, Quintana, I should... I mean, it's, it's, it's the Cardinals' lineup. I think, whether the Cardinals' lineup can get to Strowman. I, th- I think Quint- I'm expecting a dodgy start from Quintana. I, I've not put a, a lot of faith in these pitchers making their first start, so Syndergaard was the one earlier on as well. And Quintana, I think, fits into that Fits into that mould as well. So, oh, I don't. I don't feel. I'm not very comfortable about this at all. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to. A tentative vote for the Cubs at plus one thirty-five. But I'm just conscious that I've been following them off a cliff over the last week or so. So yeah, Cubs- I, I said it on the day we recorded the Monday podcast that trade deadline Tuesday. Uh, that deadline day is the worst, like hardest day to handicap baseball yeah. games and bet on it. But um, it's kind of this whole week because you're just kind of feeling out how the new paces will play in the in the teams or on the teams and stuff. So especially with the pitchers, their first outing doesn't come for three more days or so on, on some of them. But, yeah, this is one pure example of Quintana way better at PNC. Don't know what he's going to bring uh, here at Bush. I'll put, I'll put that one down my list of uh, things to bet on tomorrow. Uh, 8.05 Eastern first pitches the Chicago White Sox. Um, against the Texas Rangers. Uh, Johnny Cueto is also start for the White Sox. Then we have Cole Reagans or Raggins. We'll go with Reagan, shall we? Um, making his debut for the Texas Rangers. That only, I had, had handicapped Glenn Otto. Uh, Cole Reagans made an appearance on the probable pitchers list about an hour ago. Uh, the White Sox are minus 131. Um, Texas are plus 110. Totally a set of 8.5. I don't know if... Um, that's been adjusted for the presence of Raggins because I would have thought that the White Sox are going to be a shorter price than that. Um, Johnny Cueto is 4-4, four and four, has a 286 ERA, has pitched 88 innings with 60 strikeouts. Uh, Raggins is on debut. Um, we don't know much about him. He's a lefty. Um, he is... Um, he's come off two Tommy John surgeries. Uh, we did a little desk... Sorry? Hell of a story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's one of the, the Texas. I've got three or four um, half decent prospects, the two or three left-handed pitchers as well, and it's Raggins that they're going to bring up. But yeah, I can't really um, give you uh, give you too much information on him. He was a, a 2016 first round draft pick, uh, and six years later, here he comes. So I'm going to leave this one. I had the White Sox on the run line against Glenn Otto. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't in good faith give out a pick uh, with Raggins on the mound. Noah, have you got anything to add to this one? Yeah, he made 18 starts in the minor leagues this year in Double A. He had a 2.81 ERA. He looks to be somewhat of a strikeout machine, as they would say. Uh, good with uh, limiting the walks as well. So he had uh, well over 100 strikeouts in the 18 starts. Split time in the double A, triple A, and triple A uh, against a little bit better competition, some four A players. He had a 332 ERA. He was three and two. He had 48 strikeouts, 12 walks, and 43.1 innings pitched. Um, not a ton of hype uh, from what I've seen from Reagans, but he is the Rangers' number six overall prospect. I think the biggest thing here, though, is there's going to be a lot of electricity in the air. I think that the stadium is going to be pretty filled because they are introducing Kumar Rocker uh, tomorrow in the pregame's festivities. Uh, so I don't think there's really going to be much pressure on Reagan's. I think a lot of people's attention is going to be on Rocker during the day. 
And then, you know, the stadium is going to be filled for this middle of the road Rangers team. It's probably going to be one of the more attended games of the year, I think. So I really kind of am interested in the price here on the Rangers. Like you said, you don't think it's moved since they've changed the pitchers. The plus 101 seems kind of short. We'll see if they extend it tomorrow when the news fully gets out because I think that's my play. Yeah, that's what I, uh, I agree with you. I think those prices are a little bit cockeyed and uh, something might just move on there. Um, eight, Teddy, eight, what's wrong with the term cockeyed? Could you not say I've that? I've never heard you? it. I, I like never it. Say, what do you say in your when if someone's got one eye looking that way and one eye looking that way, what's the term for that affliction? All right, okay. Cockeyed but, is what we would I, call I like it. Cockeyed. No, nothing to do with the penis. Just, it, just that's what it's called when you've got one eye in the shop and one eye coming out with a change. That's what so you've now called there, it. Now there's uh, penises <laughs> on arms and eyeballs. No, no, no. Moving on. Moving on before Moonaf tells us off again. Moonaf's gone, actually. We can say what we want. Uh, the final game of the day is... One minute in, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got rid of Moonaf. We've bored him off. Um, the Boston Red Sox at the Kansas City Royals, which is Nick Pavetta for the Red Sox and Chris Bubich, left-handed pitcher for the Royals. I'm not uh, talking about boobs, too. Well. No, stop it, grow up. <laughs> uh, the Red Sox are minus 136. KC are plus 115. Totally is at 8.5. Uh, this one is uh, back across to you. No. Travel day for both teams. For the Red Sox, they're coming up to Kansas City from Houston, and for the Royals, a little a little bit of a travel uh, from Chicago. Nothing too crazy here. Uh, Boston Nick Pavetta is going. He is eight and eight on the year, four forty seven ERA, one hundred fourteen strikeouts, forty four walks, and one hundred eighteen point two innings pitched. Racks up a couple of strikeouts a game. On the surface, it doesn't look like he's doing too bad on the year. But in July, he had a 10-13 ERA. Then you look at Kansas City's Chris Bubich, who has been one of my favorite pitchers to fade this year. 2-6, and six, 545 ERA, 61 strikeouts, a ton of walks, 39 walks and 74.1 innings pitched. That is over a walk, a half inning. Um, and he's got a 670 home ERA. At Kaufman. Kaufman. Come on, man. That's a pitcher's park. He's got six, seven, the only year, right? So, I mean, both teams aren't playing well right, right now, but I think all the signs are pointing towards the over for me. This Royals offense is feisty. We've seen it even after dealing away some pieces. They're still putting up some runs, and Boston's bound to wake up at some point. They didn't completely sell off. So, you have to admit that they're going to wake up i think so i like the over in this one uh malcolm how about you yeah um i, I took the over as well i had it written down at nine it's gone to eight and a half which i'm pleased about uh Pavetta has just fallen uh out of form a little bit and the kansas city i've been trying to find some spots to back kansas because as you just said the offense has been relatively feisty they haven't been that terrible i know uh, perez came back at catcher and they've got Melendez, they've moved him into the outfield or one of those who's been DH. He wasn't uh, good defensively either though. So catcher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice move. And um, Bobby Witt hit a dinger tonight. So I don't mind. They they kept some of their pieces actually. Michael A. Taylor was a player uh, that I thought was certainly going to be on the move and they kept hold of him. I can't take uh, the Royals with Bubich on the mound, that would just be silly. But So, yeah, it's got to be the over, I think. Uh, over eight and a half at minus 120. A little bit juiced. Um, but, yeah, we'll take that. And But, yeah, both offences can, can contribute to that one, uh, as can both yeah. dodgy pitchers. So, there we go. Uh, lock and dog picks to come uh, in a moment after I've told you about our new sponsor um, on the MLB Gambling Podcast, which is... Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a website which has really got all the tools you need uh, if you are uh, a sports better, which I assume you are, or you wouldn't be listening to this. You can compare odds uh, from all major sports groups so, so you can find the right line. Um, you can compare the different sign-up codes and bonuses so you can get the right promo um, to pick up your bonus bets and uh, deposit bonuses, things like that. And then Play statistics, key game stats, injuries, weather updates, all these things 
um, are available on Odds Trader, as well as play-by-play updates um, and a bet tracker, which allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activity. This sounds right up my street. Uh, so Odds Trader is the place to find all of those things, which is going to help you be a better better, I think. Go to, I've just made that up. That's a great tagline. Uh, go to oddstrader.com <laughs> slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Be a better, better, Noah. Um, so, 12 games, um, a lot of chat, a lot of trade talk. Uh, you said this is often a tricky time of the year to handicap games. Uh, we need a lock and a dog, Noah. What have you got? So, for my lock today, we're going to go to the Washington-Philadelphia Phillies game, and I'm going to take the over. I'm seeing it right now at 8.5 minus 120. Um, Paulo Espino on the mound for the Nationals, 587 ERA in July. And Noah Syndergaard on the mound for Philadelphia in his first start. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be a great one because he has a 545 ERA away from Angel Stadium. So uh, that's going to be the lock. And for my dog, I really like the Minnesota Twins. Keep an eye on that Texas Rangers uh, price, like I mentioned. But for the Twins, I'm seeing them at plus 110 right now against the Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Manoa, we mentioned it. He's not in great form as of late, giving up. Uh, plenty of runs more than he should against the Tigers and the athletics and his last start against the Tigers. He took a wicked uh, just blistered baseball off the bat to his right forearm. I don't quite know how well he's going to be tonight or yeah, tonight uh, against Minnesota and Sonny Gray is been very well in his last two starts, only given up two runs and he's pretty good at home too. So I really like Minnesota uh, the moves that they made at the deadline, I like the price at the uh, as a dog here with uh, the new and improved bullpen. Yeah, that the Minnesota pick certainly came on my radar um, at an underdog price. Uh, my lock is going to be a total, and it's the unders in the Oakland Athletics at LA Angels game, which is Road Paul Blackburn uh, and Jansen Junk. We know how good Road Paul Blackburn is. Um, and I'm expecting a good start from Junk tomorrow. And I know other people are banking on a good start from Junk as well. Uh, big fantasy streamer. So, yeah, under eight there, two anemic um, lineups as well. So, under eight for that one. And for my dog, um, I'm going to fade Jeffrey Springs. I think the Detroit Tigers can win this. Uh, horrible low scoring game, three to one for the Detroit Tigers. Um, I had this at plus 160 earlier on. It's down to plus 151 now. So give me some of that Tigers, Noah. You must love it. Got the jersey on, baby. Yes, there we go. Then <laughs> the, what could the, possibly the go wrong? The one team at the MLB trade deadline did pretty much nothing. So Absolutely. Had to it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's everything. Um, give us a little praise of what's going on the rest of the week. Have you got any, uh, any other sporting commitments happening? Yeah, I do have some sporting commitments. Got to write a boxing article. Uh, so we have a good one over in your your side of the world. Okay. Uh, you ever heard of Michael Conlon or Mick Conlon? I know zero about <laughs> anything to do with fighting. Yeah, he's Absolutely Irish. nothing. He's, he's an Irish lefty. He's pretty intriguing. Uh, it'll be on ESPN at probably like eight nine o'clock your time probably if you want to tune in because he is intriguing um but fantasy football it's starting to ramp up a little bit uh i already had one draft for a home league because you know college buddies have no flexible schedules apparently yeah. and we just you know what we are all available right now let's do it so 10 team league team turned out all right um not much research went into it as i'm like handicapping mlb and i'm in the thick of it um with the trade deadline but uh with the little stuff that i did i think my team's all right i am paid up yesterday with being the end of the month, I got some money and I paid up for all the things that I'd said yes to over the last couple of months, <laughs> which that was a bit of a shock because I said, you just say yes to all your, do you want to play in this survivor pool? Do you want to play in this guillotine league? Do you want to play in this vampire league? Yeah, yeah, $50, $50, $75, $100, $50. Like, you, say, you say, yeah, $50, it's not, not much for Yeah, it's not season, much, yeah. By the, time, by the time I'd made like my seventh PayPal transaction yesterday, I was like, oh yeah, maybe this wasn't quite a good idea. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to do, do some I'm, more homework and win some of that money back. Yeah, I'm going to have to catch myself DoorDash and get some of this pool money here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the uh, we've already touched on it once, the 32-team 
uh, pre-season previews that Sean and Ryan and various guests are doing are absolutely brilliant. There'll not be another uh, another outlet doing a, a specific uh, preview on every team, uh, the quality and, and the humour that those boys are putting into it. Uh, so if you get a chance, go across and listen to them. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, I love that. And hopefully uh, they can help me win my leagues. Everything I know about NFL betting, I learned off Sean and Ryan. Uh, which is how I'm in this mess in the first place, sitting here talking to you about MLB. So, uh, absolutely love it. That's a I tweeted out how I got into this mess last uh, last night. <laughs> Did you? I, I basically didn't bet much MLB trade deadline. We we played in the uh, Dana White Contender Series. That's what we did, baby. Nice, love it. Um, right, thank you very much, Noah, for joining me. That was a lot of fun, as always. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Good luck with all your bets. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to have a look at Friday's games. Um, until then, we will see you down the road. Cheers.